Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas with Whitney Baker. Today's guest is Mary Beth Menino, better known as MB. MB is a certified meditation teacher, breathwork facilitator, and holistic wellness expert. She helps people thrive through a variety of self-care practices and says a key part of her mission is to hold space for women to reclaim their power and shine confidently in their gifts. Hey, who doesn't want a little bit more of that? So let's dive in. MB, I'm so happy to see you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Whitney. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Well, you, I know we've chatted and you have so much to offer, but I really want to focus on the meditation piece to begin with today, because that's something that's come up for a lot of my listeners and there's so much curiosity. So let's just cut right to it. Like why, (laughs) why is meditation important? Yeah. I mean, that's such a great question. And I think that the last couple of years have been an awakening for a lot of people. Right. And I think that if anything, the last few years have shown us that maybe the ways in which that we cope with stress or anxiety or things like that don't work for us anymore. And so people are searching for, for something else, something deeper. And a lot of people are landing with meditation. So I think it's first important to kind of define what meditation is because it's a, a very buzzy word. We hear a lot, of course, in the wellness space, but you know, just in life in general, we hear, you know, you should be meditating. So let's just like first kind of define what meditation is just so we're all on the same page and we'll kind of dive deeper into that. So meditation is essentially any practice that really expands our awareness in order to establish kind of oneness with ourself and with the world around us. Now, there are many, many different activities that can be considered meditation. So going for a walk in nature, creative expression, like dancing, making art, making music, going for a jog, going for a run, all of these different things that really allow us to kind of expand our mind body awareness and really bring us into the present moment. And of course, there are traditional techniques like sitting down, closing our eyes and focusing on a mantra or on our breath. But I like to really share that definition with people because I think it kind of takes some of the pressure off of what meditation actually means. And I think it surprises a lot of people like, oh yeah, you know, I really feel when I'm making art or making music or doing yoga or things like that, when I really feel present with myself, present with the experience that I'm in, I do feel a greater sense of connection to myself and to the world around me. So I hope that that, that, that helps. I'm really glad you shared that definition because I hadn't heard it defined that way and mm. explained. And to me, that feels a lot more accessible. Totally. Because I think the intimidation part or having it become a should, like I should be doing oh my this. gosh, yes can be a barrier for a lot of people. Absolutely. It can feel like, 
one more thing we have to add to our to-do list. And that's kind of (laughs) the counterproductive of what we actually want our meditation practice to be. And so, yeah, I think just being able to really get clear and understand like what actually is this practice that's been around for thousands and thousands of years and why is it so important for us today? And I, I think that so many people are kind of gravitating toward having a meditation practice or at least exploring what that means for them because we live in such a overstimulated, overwhelming, distraction-filled culture and society. And it feels like around every single corner, we're constantly being pinged or dinged or stimulated in some way. And so I know for myself, I I gravitate to meditation because it's actually a space where I get to rest and relax on a deep level. And I think that so many people are really kind of craving just a place that they can escape all of the noise and buzz and all of that. That's wonderful. And I agree. I think that the current global pandemic has shined a light on things for a lot of people. And for a lot of people, they, I'm sure what you're saying, is just like an opening, like, oh, maybe that sounds like something I could do, but they still don't have that piece of where to even start. And I think that's the hardest part just to begin. So what advice do you have for those listeners? Absolutely. I just shared this on my Instagram the other day. It's so funny. I have kind of these five pillars of how to start a meditation practice. So first and foremost, getting clear on your why, right? I think that's kind of the basis of any change that we make in our life. Why is this important? Why now? Why are you feeling called and compelled to bring this type of practice into your life? Why is this meaningful to you? You know, what are you hoping to to get out of this and and giving yourself time to get clear on that? You know, like we just said, this shouldn't be one more thing that we add to our to-do list. So really understanding and taking a step back, I really feel called to this practice for a reason. Why is that? What's here? What, what do I feel like having a meditation practice is going to you know, be able to bring me or offer me or help me kind of show up better in other ways in my life that I feel I'm not able to do right now? So getting really, really clear on your why. Number two is starting small, (laughs) starting small. And this is huge because whenever we make a new change, we can get really, really excited and want to just go gun ho and start a 20 minute meditation session. Now, just like we just talked about a couple minutes ago, we live in a very distraction filled culture, right? And so it can feel maybe a little overwhelming when we turn off our phone or turn off our computer, turn off the TV, and we come into a state of stillness with our body. And maybe we close our eyes and all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, (laughs) I don't have my usual distractions. I don't have the things around me that normally keep me entertained or keep me focused on, on something else. And so giving yourself just a few moments a day to just see What does it feel like for you to, when you remove the distractions and you come into a state of stillness, what comes up? Do you notice that your body maybe gets a little irritated or agitated and you have to move around? Do you notice kind of your thoughts coming in, which we can talk about in a second? Do you notice maybe your to-do list is running through your head? So just noticing what you can observe about yourself in the experience, knowing that every single time that you continue to come back to that space, it becomes easier. My third tip is if you can 
starting early in your day, your meditation practice gets to be a really beautiful and sacred space for you, no matter what time of day you choose to practice. But I've noticed for myself, and I can only speak from my experience, but anytime trying to do something new or incorporate a new routine or a new modality into my life, If I do it first thing, (laughs) there's little to no chance that I can push it to the back burner or find an excuse to not do it. And a great way to do this is taking a few minutes to just set an intention for yourself for the day. So asking yourself, how do I want to feel today? Knowing that I can't control the world around me as, as hard as I might try. I can't control other people. I can't control, you know, situations or circumstances, but how do I want to feel? How do I want to show up to those spaces and places that I'm going to be in today? Maybe my intention for myself is I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel at ease. And so having that kind of be your anchor that you get to come back to throughout the rest of your day, when the kids are screaming or the dog is barking, or you're trying to cook dinner and you have all these things going on, coming back to that intention that you set for yourself first thing in the morning in your practice. And then my last two are be consistent, right? So this practice doesn't work if we don't show up for it. And consistency can be one minute, one minute a day of just giving yourself that intentional time and space to tune out of your outside world and even just focusing on your breath. So finding that consistency, knowing that again, every single time we come back to this space, it does become a little bit easier for us to be here. And then last but not least, choosing a space that is as free of distraction for you as possible, as quiet as it can be as possible, knowing that your practice gets to go wherever it is that life takes you. So if you're traveling, if you're maybe you like to meditate in your family room, in your home, but it's being occupied by your spouse and kids, knowing that you can kind of shift and change wherever your practice may be and allowing yourself the freedom to do so, and letting your environment be part of wherever that space is. And those are my my top five <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, that's a lot of juicy goodness about meditation. <laughs> I'm sure people are taking notes there. Thank you for all of the, I love a good list. Thank you for yeah, all the ideas. I wanted to go back to, to the why, you know, your yeah. first tip and people showing up One of the things that have come up for some of my listeners is that they might have some unconscious habits like overindulging or reacting and we're all human, right? We all have our moments, but I'm curious what you think in terms of like inviting a meditation practice in how that might help people turn a corner on some of these habits that maybe they've been having trouble shaking for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So To me, a meditation space gets to remind you that you were your greatest teacher. You are your greatest healer. You are with you 24, seven, 365. And we can, you know, have all the support systems in the world. We can have the coaches, the mentors, all of that in place. And that is so, so beautiful. But if we're not willing (laughs) to, to look within and to have those honest conversations with ourselves of what needs to change, what needs to fall away in order for us to evolve into this next version of ourselves. If we're not willing to have that honesty, then no one and no thing can help us. And so what I love about meditation is that it gives us the space to, like we talked about before, kind of tuning out 
the distraction, the noise of our outside world and giving us the opportunity to tune in. And a lot of people, I I hear some objection to meditation or, or kind of a barrier to entry is I just can't get my thoughts to be quiet or my thoughts are just kind of consuming me in, in the process. And I always say, great, because your thoughts are supposed to be there. That's your brain doing its job. And two, like we you know talked about just the distraction that we have around us, we don't really give ourselves time and space to witness that narrative. So a lot of these thoughts that we might be, you know, circulating or having and that are coming up for us in a meditation practice might not be true, right? They might not be true of who we are as a person as we are right now. They might be given to us years and years and years ago by an authority figure or a parent or someone that we looked up to that we internalized and that just became our programming. And so meditation, it it can feel confronting at first for some people to, again, come into a state of stillness and be present with these thoughts. But I I really, really want to encourage anyone who maybe feels intrigued by that is coming into a meditation practice and from a place of just a compassionate curiosity, just noticing what is the narrative that I have going on in my mind and deciding for myself, is that true? Is that true of me in this moment? Is that true of the person that I see myself as, that I envision as my highest self when I'm you know, working towards these goals that I'm setting for myself? And, you know, not having guilt or shame around whatever's, whatever's, you know, happening in this narrative, but just simply noticing like, oh, that's so interesting that that's coming up for me. What would I change that narrative to be instead if that isn't serving me? Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. I'm delighted you brought up thoughts because I think that's what I hear the most when I get asked about meditation from, from my circle is people say things like, I, I can't do it. I just think my, my mind races. And part of what I'm hearing from you is that's not bad. Thoughts aren't having thoughts aren't bad, but maybe for someone who is starting out, especially, can you give us some ideas of, okay, so we're, we're trying it. We're there. We're sitting, we've created our space. Maybe we're up 20 minutes before anyone else in the household, just to make sure we've got that morning kicked off. We've got our intention, (laughs) everything's aligned. And then we sit down to meditate and the thoughts begin. How can we treat them with compassion and just see them instead of just hopping on the thought train and getting potentially frustrated for some people? Yes. Yes. So first and foremost, I always recommend that when you come into a meditation practice, that you let go of any expectation for that practice. So every single time that you show up in that space, it gets to be a brand new experience for you. When we come into our practice and we tell ourselves, okay, I have to sit down, I have to be quiet, and my mind has to be completely blank or still, or this isn't working for me, let that go. Okay. The objective or the goal of a meditation practice is not to have our mind be completely clear or blank in order for it to quote unquote work. You having the willingness and the, and the courage and the bravery to be there, to sit down and to simply allow those thoughts to be there while continuing to calm yourself down, continuing to come back to a state of peace of relaxation while your thoughts are happening 
That is the objective or goal. So anytime that you find you're getting fixated on either a narrative or a certain thought, or maybe your mind is already off to your to-do list for the day, the first step is witnessing that that's happening. Okay. So saying to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm following this thought again, or, you know, my mind is racing or my mind is, is on the to-do list again. First step, witnessing that that's happening and then coming back to your breath. So I think a breath focused meditation or a mantra meditation are two of the most powerful practices that you can give yourself in terms of meditation, especially if you're new, because it gives your mind something to fixate and focus on and follow while you let your body be in a state of rest and relaxation. And, you know, throw the guilt and the shame, I mean, out the door when it comes to meditation. And especially when you find yourself continuing to come back, it's to me, your meditation practice is a practice of continuing to meet yourself in whatever moment you're in, finding present in that moment and meeting yourself there. So coming back to the breath or coming back to maybe an affirmation or a word or something that speaks to you and letting that continue to ground you back into the space. And this is a practice, right? This is something that takes time. It takes patience. It takes energy. It takes dedication. That's how we talked about, you know, first and foremost, understanding why, why am I doing this? Why is this important to me and continuing to come back to that as well. So thoughts are welcome and know that we don't have to push them away or have them be silent or clear or still for meditation to work. That's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm thinking back to what you were talking about in the very beginning, because I really like your broader definition. Again, I hadn't thought about it that way. And so for people that maybe aren't necessarily right now looking to invite a formal meditation practice where they sit, but they want to take this mindset into something that they know is an area where they might experience flow, whether it's painting, riding, riding your bike, playing tennis, whatever you do, how can we start to invite that in? Yeah. I mean, I think the the biggest question is where do I find joy? Where do I find where I feel most alive, where I feel most connected, yes, to myself, but also just having a greater appreciation for life around me. What does that mean to you? Something that really struck me and where I really experienced this in my adult life for the first time was when I was training for a half marathon. And this was years ago, pre-baby, pre-pandemic, I decided to do a half marathon here in Detroit and I was setting out for one of my longer runs. And I noticed about half of a mile in that I forgot my headphones. And I was so mad at myself because I thought, oh, I just made the perfect playlist that had the perfect music to run this long run to. And now I have to run the next seven miles in silence. I was so angry. And so I thought, okay, you know what? I'm already out. I'm just, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to see what happens. And about another mile in, I noticed something very profound. I noticed that I I didn't even realize that I was running because I was so enthralled with the world around me. I could, my tempo that I was so kind of fixated on with 
with my playlist suddenly became my feet running on the pavement. I could hear my heart beating in my body. I could connect deeply to my breath. I could find a greater appreciation for the surroundings that I was in. And had I not been able to do that, I don't think I would have ever been able to understand what that actually feels like to have such a great presence with myself in that experience, in that moment. I never, from that run on, never took music out with me again. I ran my entire half marathon on race day, no music. And it was so, so deeply meaningful to me and impactful. And that will be one of the like the most I think memorable experiences of my life was because it was just such a beautiful way to to really connect to myself in a way that I hadn't done before. So I would really advise just anyone, you know, and it can be the smallest thing, right? It could be coloring with your kids. I mean, that's so therapeutic for a lot of people, but just anything that you find you get lost in the present moment with is a great place to start. Hmm. Stepping that in. <laughs> and congratulations on your marathon. Oh, I, thank you. Thank you. I um I know we're heading up to close to time, but do you have because beyond meditation, I know you offer a lot of amazing tools. What are some other ideas that have for for people that are looking to just have more of this presence? I love what you shared about your run. Do you have any other ideas off the top of your head about how people in maybe simple ways they just haven't tried can invite more presence into their everyday life, given all the distractions and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I I would two things. I would say do more things that make you want to look at your phone less, right? So really having that be the bulk of a mindfulness practice, if you want to call it that, of really giving yourself that permission to get crystal clear on what that is for you. Right. And it can be the simplest thing, but, but filling your days up or filling your, your free time up with things that actually make you forget to check your phone. And, you know, that can be such an array of different things for different people. And I really, you know, encourage people to maybe reflect on that. You know, what, what is that? If I didn't have this thing tethered to me, what would my life look like? What would my life feel like? How would that be different? Where would I show up more and, and how would I show up in those spaces? And, you know, I think too, just starting small, having it be the simplest thing. It could be, you know, cooking dinner. It could be whatever, truly whatever makes you realize that you're in the present moment and and not needing to reach for that distraction or reach for whatever that thing is to pull you out of whatever that is that you're in. That's really inspiring. I know that people are going to be thinking about that because when you're in the act of of doing and enjoying, you're you're really there. You're not thinking about your yes. And it's funny how sometimes if you can, you people don't miss you that much. You know, when you like think you have to be, you know, on all the time. I don't think that people are that concerned if hours go by and you're not available. <laughs> sometimes we, I mean, <laughs> I I would argue that the people with you who are present in your space. Yes, they, they might be, but I I saw or read something recently, of course, on social media that said, no offense, but like 
people are too consumed with with themselves, right? With their own lives, the things that they have going on that it's not that they don't care about you, but it's you you give other people too much power. You know what I mean? And so taking some of that power back and being more intentional with either that presence with yourself or presence with your family, your friends, your loved ones, um, the people actually in your real physical life that do fill you up and bring you joy. Absolutely. All right. So just in closing, I always, I'm a big, uh, big fan of journaling and I like to inspire women to have deeper connected conversations with themselves or others. And so I always close by asking what's one question women should be asking themselves more. Mm, that's such a good one. Cause so many things are coming up for me right now. How can I be supported today? How can I be supported today? End period exclamation point, not if so-and-so-and-so can do this. And, you know, it's just, how can I be supported? Knowing that we, we support and love on so many people. It's like, we need the same thing. So how can I be supported today? Beautiful. All (laughs) right. Well, this has been so wonderful to connect with you. I know you have uh, you blog, you do all kinds of great things and have so much that we didn't, even, we barely scratched the surface. So please tell us where we can find more MB in our lives, where, uh, where can we support you and, and uh, learn from you? You're so sweet. Thank you so much. I am very active on Instagram. You can find me at mb.menino, M-A-N-N-I-N-O, or my website, which is just mbmenino.com. If you're interested in checking out breathwork, meditation, other self-healing modalities, I've got a ton of stuff on my website for you. A lot of free stuff, a lot of things that you just kind of get to dip your toes into these practices, especially if they're new. And don't hesitate to DM me and reach out to me if there's anything that I can do to support you personally on your own journey. Wonderful. Thanks, MB. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks, Winnie. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.